Welcome to the Gymnastics and Small Business Marketing Podcast, where we teach you how to market your small business. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gymnastics Marketing Podcast. My name is Ella Colomb. I am your host. I'm here today with my two bosses, the co-founders of Creatively Disruptive, Andy Seeley and Russell Masters. We are having a five o'clock somewhere podcast episode today because we are all in different time zones. So, Russ, you want to start off? What are you drinking? What time zone are you in? Well, I'm not normally drinking at this time of the day because I'm in New Zealand and it's 11 o'clock in the morning on a Friday, but um, I'm drinking a, uh, an ice lager. Um, what? Yeah, no, it's great. I got put onto this. Not, not everybody likes it, but... Is it your go-to? It's my go-to. I, I have my fridge outside and it's pretty much stocked with either a combination of this and Heineken. Um, oh. Maybe the odd... Maybe the odd uh, Monteith's Rattler. <laughs> but I'm a lager. I like a lager. I'm a lager drinker. Lager? A lager. Well, I am uh, drinking a Michelob Ultra because I'm on a diet. So because it says it only has two carbs in it. If you see. I don't know. Can you see? Yeah, I can see that. Two carbs, 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. So it means as I drink this, I'm losing weight. I don't think it works that's like cool. that. <laughs> I don't oh, think it works. It's kind of like a health drink, really, isn't it? Then. Oh, I thought it was like having one of those health shakes that I have in my fridge that I never have. Have protein as well, because then it could be just a complete nutritious meal. A when protein, I have, if I eat a hot dog with it. You know, I've yeah, actually been reading about hot. like healthy alcohols and like there's this kombucha that has alcohol in it and kombucha, kombucha is supposed to be really good for you, but it has alcohol in it. And so it's, they say it's like a healthy way to drink and you can pretty much have that at any time of the day. I don't know if I believe that, but. Maybe next week we should be having some kombuchas. Yeah, no, I forgot the brand of what it was, but it. I don't know. I'm not a big kombucha person, but it seemed interesting. So yeah. um, mm, I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'll try it. I'm not a beer person, though. I'm I don't like kombucha because person. I heard that there's little living organisms in it, and I feel like I'm murdering thousands of little organisms. not murdering, but it is like it kind of is gross looking. Like you swirl the kombucha, and you just see everything just floating in the kombucha. It's, it's not. It doesn't look cute. It kind of looks like you're drinking lake water. <laughs> when I was a kid, and I used to buy comics. In the back of the comic, there was a. There'd always be an ad for sea monkeys. Yes. And I I think to myself that when I drink kombucha, I'm possibly digesting thousands of sea monkeys at the same time. And that's, yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. Thought. But it's a little bit like <laughs> mum's old ginger ale, you know, with the old, the ginger ale mother root, whatever it was. And you drink your ginger ale and always be that big ass sediment in the bottom of the bottle. And you, you know, you have to carefully sort of mix it up. That was pretty much a live sort of a culture. I think you thought that, that was sea monkeys as well. When you're yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Probably is sea monkeys actually. Now that you say it, you remember those sea monkeys had their own village and all sorts of stuff on the back of the of the uh, oh, yeah, that was back that was back before you know back in the good old days when you could just say anything in your marketing and and just advertise it right you just say <laughs> buy this and hey we sell sea monkeys 
hey, and we have your own little village. And by the way, anybody that that mentions this podcast, this particular podcast, we're going to send them a village of sea monkeys when they sign up. <laughs> I really Just hope we find the address of that old Archie magazine. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of marketing. Um, how do you guys know each other? How did you guys get into this business? Oh, well, that's a, that's a long conversation. How do we know each other, Andy? Well, he is I... lucky enough to be the cousin of a beautiful young lady called Donna, who I happen to marry. Mm. I think I'm the only lucky one there. I know I'm pretty lucky. <laughs> 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 Poor Donna. Poor Donna. So no, yeah, Russell is a, is, I guess you could call it a cousin-in-law, but I would rather call him my brother. Oh. My brother from another mother. And uh, <laughs> we've known each other for, well, I've known of Russell for probably 20 years. I probably met him for the first time, um, gosh, probably 2010. Was it 2010? Yeah, it would have been about 2010. I remember when you came over to New Zealand and uh, we were hanging out at Lee's house. Yeah, when I when I left um, when I left New Zealand, which was 1999, to come to the United States, uh, my my cousin was was single and not married to anybody. And the next time I turn up in New Zealand, she's married, and uh, and it happened to be Russell. And, uh, well, it was a decade later. <laughs> yeah, well, all good things. Actually, it was 2003, the, 2005 that we first met, Russell, at Comrie's Road, with, awesome. with, my, little, with my, little, uh, my little baby cousin dancing on the tabletops and the, the refrigerator. Yeah, she's 18 now. She doesn't dance on tabletops much anymore. Hmm. That you know of. There you go. That I know yeah. So 2005 was the first time I met, but I had heard of him for some time. We started work, working together probably 2012, 13. Yeah, it was about 2012. It was a, yeah, it was a year or two after we sort of met again. Um, and we like started with in the night. Yeah, yeah. So it was quite interesting because I, I was actually able to really show what I'm made of because... Andy had this website and there was a problem with it that nobody was able to solve. And he came to me in the end and said, Hey, look, can, you know, do you reckon you can fix this? You reckon you can solve it? And I was like, yeah, should yeah. be right. I'll sort it out. You know, the typical Kiwi attitude. Yeah, oh, should be right. I'll get that. I'll, I'll do that for you. So I'm actually out camping um, in a place called Waihi, which is a very beautiful spot on the East coast of North Island. And I'm sitting on a chili bin turned upside down outside my tent. Chili bin is a cooler. Call it a chili bin. Not C-H-U-L-L-Y chili, but C-H-I chili. There we go. Like chilies. So I'm sitting on this chili bin in my board shorts uh, after having a swim with a couple of cold beers and borrowing some Wi-Fi from the camp, um, which back then was actually really super expensive because there was no such thing as free Wi-Fi, and I managed to nail this problem that apparently nobody had been able to nail um, uh, while camping on spotty free Wi-Fi. So, yeah. And at that point, I realized that 
this guy is the wizard of ops. You know, he's the magic, he's the magic man. And exactly. the guys are just like, yeah, let's get into business. Let's do this. Well, that came a few years later, actually. Um, I, I really had, you know, we had to prove a bit more to each other. We kind of worked together off and on on some different projects, right, Andy? And then one day I was actually over there. I was hanging out at his place. You were in San Diego. Yep. And uh, we were kind of like, hey, you're good at this and I'm good at this. And, you know, together we're nothing but, uh, apart we're nothing but together. You know, it's like we are power rankers. That's right. Parts, and so, we are nothing. Together we are perfection. There we go. See? And that's why we have this relationship because he can just, you know, like we just, we just complete each other. That's you, had me, you had me at each other. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided we'd work together. We came up with this name, Creatively Disruptive. Actually, it was Creative Disruption back then, but um, somebody convinced us to change it. And so we did. And we actually thought it was a good idea. And, um, and Creatively Disruptive was born. And what was your initial expectation? Like, did you have any expectations of what the company would look like? And I mean, did you ever think that you'd get to this point in time right now? Yes. I think we, were, <laughs> we, always, thought we, we always thought we'd get to some point like this. We actually had no idea on how, really. Gotcha. I mean, I, I was actually telling somebody a story the other day that, and this is a client that's still with us, is one of our longest serving clients. We got that client because Andy wrote letters, and I'm talking like paper, like print it out. You know, you hold it, it's not an email, you hold it. Yeah. You hold it up, you stick it in this other piece of paper called an envelope, then you get a thing called a pen, and you write on it, and you write an address, and you stick it in this magic box, which is a little bit like, a laundry magic box you have in your room that you put stuff in it just magically ends up in your drawers. But this, we sent these letters out. We got a client responded to this letter. Yeah. And that's still a client today. And that was the first, um, that was our first gymnastics client. And, and quite frankly, um, that client has become a personal friend of mine that I have a lot of time for. And every time I go to Chicago, which is where my wife is originally from, I go and meet with the client and you know, in fact, over Christmas break, we went and had a nice lunch and chit chatted about the world. And, um, gosh, that's three and a half years ago, four years ago. Um, when we did that prior to that, we were very involved in web development. We didn't really do a lot of the marketing side of things. And then after a little bit of time, we kind of realized we had some clients who mentioned, you know, hey, you know, these websites are good, but maybe it would be nice if somebody visited them. So maybe you can do something about sending somebody to them. And we're like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. And, you know, my business, my history has been in advertising and marketing and driving traffic to people's businesses. You know, the, the business that we worked in together previous to Creatively Disruptive um, was a tourism business and that's really where Russell and I had the first experience of, of working on projects with each other and it was the website that Russell fixed um, whilst vacationing using expensive Wi-Fi um, and we you know from there um, we evolved into you know I wanted to get out of tourism 
and, and so forth. Cause obviously hotels and vacations and restaurants, horrible, horrible kind of lifestyle that is mm. no one, wants, no one's interested in vacations and free safety. holiday days and hotels and comp nights. I was desperate to get out of that. So I got out of that. Um, and, and the reality is, is with, with vacations and, and the tourism business, it's very, very specific locally, you know, bound. And I wanted right. to, and I, what my real driving factor was, was I wanted to just help businesses. I've, I've always had a knack at helping businesses. I've, I've always had a knack of consulting. In fact, many of my tourism businesses would end up consulting with me and talking to me about my thoughts and ideas of, of how they might be able to build their business and, and work on things. And I was like, you know what? I really enjoy this. I'd, I'd kind of like to just do it with any business that's out there. So we started and we were just helping any business. You know, we, we to this day, we have clients that are, you know, anything from, from back in the day when we were doing uh, websites, we still have clients that pay us money, decent money each month that are, steel working companies we have a steel working company that has three websites that we still manage and update we have um we have medicare supplemental insurance company that still works with us and pays us you know money i think they paid us last month um you know we have all sorts of different companies we have tourism we have some tourism companies on in our business um and obviously three and a half years ago just before the olympics actually so it was maybe four years ago, we decided let's really get serious about the Olympics that are coming up, which was the Rio Olympics. There's actually videos out there, Ella, I don't know if you can find them, where my wife is talking about getting Rio ready. And some of you out there, if you're, if you're watching this podcast, you might have seen those Rio ready um, videos that were out there. Where it's my wife in San Diego talking about getting ready for the Olympics. And that's kind of where we were like, you know what? We, my wife and I had owned a gym. In the past we owned it for 10 years in lake tahoe there's actually a video circulating that i'd be happy to share of our little little gym back in the day there's actually an ad that we actually produced with my media company that we had that i'd be happy to share with you guys um and um you know from there it was like my wife said hey i'm not you know i'm not happy with some of the things that have happened in the in the gymnastics industry you know, why don't we double down and really get serious about it? And, you know, from that Rio ready situation, the Rio Olympics, and then, you know, some of the, the, the uncomfortable things that happened in the gymnastics industry over the last few years, we, we decided to really double down in gymnastics to the point now that we, you know, we have 50, 50, 60 plus gyms that we're working with from a marketing standpoint. We have more, even more gyms when you include those that are our website um, clients of ours that we right. doing on a monthly basis. Um, but we still do, you know, your e-com and, and the other stuff, which keeps us sharp, right? Because whilst our gym clients are very important to us, that's actually an easy part of the business. It's easy for us to, to get the results for our gym clients. Um, and it could make us flabby and fat um, and lazy, so to speak. So, you know, we wanted to stay in the e-com round because e-com keeps you sharp because it's changing and difficult. So it keeps us right up onto the cutting edge um, for those gyms. And from an expectation standpoint, really what I expected, um, I mean, financially we expected to do, you know, decently, we've, you know, in the businesses that I've run, we've always done okay. 
Um, we've done very well um, financially with the business, but my real expectation was I, I wanted to help as many businesses because it was really a driving factor. And I knew if we helped many right. businesses that the rest of it comes. Like anything, money comes once you've done the thing that it deserves, right? So, um, you know, if you really focus and make the, the focus of what you're trying to do be helping business owners, I knew that it would, you know, the rest of it is a, is, comes with it. So if you guys had to do something all over again, would you do something differently? Me personally, um, you know, maybe promoted you into the role of community manager a little bit earlier than we did. <laughs> Other than that, I'm pretty no. happy. With everything. Yeah, no, honestly, honest, I'm quite happy. I, I, there's nothing really that I'm un, unhappy with. Really, I'm, no. I'm pretty happy with where we're at. I, I agree, and, and and like I've been asked that. You know, you get asked that question in different areas of your life, you know, like, hey, if you could be a teenager again, would you do it the same way or would you do it differently? And we all know that you know, whatever part we're talking about business now, you know, yeah, that's been, you know, there's always, there's, there's struggles, there's trials and tribulations and there's celebrations. The danger is, is that if you ever did it differently, then we probably would be in a different place that we are now. And we're actually really happy with where we are now. So, um, I'd echo Andy and say, probably wouldn't do anything differently except maybe put you in community manager a bit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's the history. If you look at just history of life, um, you know, at least my US life, because I have two kind of lives I think of. You know, when I was 26, I came to the United States. Um, so, you know, from there, you know, there's, there's been some really great things. We bought a gym in Lake Tahoe. We owned the gym for 10 years. I worked in a, in a TV station. All of that was good. The economy came and smashed us. We were able to keep our house. We were able to keep the gym open. We ended up selling the gym and not losing the gym. Well, whilst many, gym, many gyms and many businesses, not just gyms, struggled during 2008 to 2012. Uh, we survived that. We had you know, we got our butt kicked financially in a lot of ways, but all of those difficulties that we had, I think were like a, uh, you know, a college degree or master's degree in how to do things correctly. And if we hadn't gone through those tough times and, I, and Russell has similar stories of tough times that he'd gone through and worked on, if he hadn't gone through those tough times, he also wouldn't have some of the information and the, and the ideas and thoughts that, that you have today. So ultimately I think we're both happy where we are. We're both happy at the time. You know, would it have been nicer to have the success and be doing well at this point a few years earlier? Great. Yeah, sure. But quite frankly, I'm quite at ease with where we're at. And, you know, I really enjoy the fact that we can really help businesses. And we have many, many, many little gyms, which are little mar and pas, little, little businesses, which are run by people with passion and love. No one does gymnastics to make millions. I mean, it's just not this, not an industry. But I thoroughly and wholeheartedly think that anybody that runs a gym correctly can actually have a good life and a good good income and actually put goodness into the world. And you know, Russell and I are lucky enough to be able to help them, and, and we've done it you know, 50 times over, if not more, with our clients that have been with us for a long time. I mean, our first ever client, 
gymnastics client is still with us nearly, you know, probably over four years now from when I, with our first contact. And they're very successful. Yeah. yeah. No, they've and, grown immensely. Yeah. And yeah. most of our gyms are doing really well. And, and a lot of it, you know, comes down to the fact that they really want to do well and right. very, very um, rewarding. And I, I don't, like I said, just to go back to that question, you know, I wouldn't change a whole bunch. I think we're quite happy or I'm quite happy with, with where we are from a business standpoint. Well, yeah. that is so wonderful to hear. Yeah. And I think there's a certain part of being in business and I echo what you're talking about with gymnastics owners. Like it's not a business that you go into to make millions of dollars. It's a passionate business, but done well. Yeah. You can have a good lifestyle because I mean, at the end of the day, if you can do well in a business that is around something that you're totally passionate about, then how much are you actually working? Um, uh, but the thing is with, with any business, if you, if you own a business, there has to be, there has to be some level of grit, grind, and tenacity. And if you can't have those three things at some point to kind of get over that, get over that little, you know, that first thing so that you can actually get that lifestyle a bit, um, then you're going to struggle. You know, you've really got to have that sort of grit, grind, and, and tenacity, I believe. Um, and what we want to be, I think Russell would agree, and I think you would agree, Ella, is, you know, we want to be there for people and um, help them through through the bad times, through the good times, help them through bad times back to good times and, and make them feel like they have somebody who has their back. And that's a big rewarding factor for me. I get quite fired up and charged up. Russell saw me get fired up and charged up about it at the GAT conference. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that myself. I saw both of you get fired up and just the passion that you guys have, not only for the business, but for the gymnastics community is I, I think really inspiring. And I remember telling Russ at the GAT conference, I was just like, oh my gosh, I love seeing you guys in action. I love seeing you guys interact with gym owners and stuff like that because it really is inspiring because I genuinely believe that we can help them and just mm. create a better life and just maybe take off a little bit of stress from their shoulders because I feel like they're always doing a million things at once and you know, can be very, very stressful. So I think I can speak for the whole community when we say thank you, not only for employing me, but <laughs> for helping out the community, especially with the gymnastics marketing group. So I think that deserves a cheers. Yes. And uh, thank you guys for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it.